Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how you doing today? Doing very well. Happy to be here. I feel like my throat is getting a little scratchy. Okay. We're pushing through. We're okay. pushing through. We've never been sick before. We've never lost our voice before. So uh, we're staying strong. We did have the one scare where I think I got sick on a Thursday and I was out of commission and could barely speak until Monday. And so uh, that was the closest we ever came to having to miss an episode for any reason. We've never missed an episode, but for sickness specifically, which I think we're freaking lucky and blessed as podcasters to have this much health. Amidst we a pandemic. stay healthy. We stay healthy. I don't know how we've gotten so lucky. I think before we started the podcast, we'd get sick a couple of times a year or something. Yeah. But we turn on the mic and we're just it's clean healing. bill of health. Yep. <laughs> it's like, I don't even need to get my health insurance because I'm nope, a podcaster. I'm a podcaster. I'm protected by the aura. <laughs> oh, and maybe it's just staying inside and only playing video games and never being exposed to any germs. That might help as well. You know, you might be onto something. <laughs> But let's get into the episode. Today we are discussing the top legends based on their design and kind of just talking about the construct of how a cool legend is designed. It's going to be really fun. Uh, if you want a question answered, though, ask it in our Discord channel that is meant for questions or leave a five-star review on Apple Pods. We'll answer it every Wednesday. Keep it rolling. So we got the third-party invitational. Really excited for patrons only, January 28th. The sign information is going to be through Discord and Patreon for the third party nation chat. Um, but we also have the rules in the description of this episode for you to check out and maybe uh, you'll join us. I'm so excited to see who wins and who joins. We got sweet prizes. It's all in there. Um, and it's going to be a ton of fun getting to play around in the observer mode, which is, I think Henry and I have decided we will not be uh, shooting you folks because obviously, like people know, I don't miss. And that's the running joke at this point. And then if we, give, problem. if we give custom rules and maybe put a G7 back on the ground or right in Henry's Gibraltar hands, like we would just go three on two at that point, right? Like... <laughs> Yeah, so it was a good decision. Oh, gosh, guys, I'm just joking. I'm just doubling down on that. But we got a couple of Patreon shout outs to do at the start of this episode. There's some people who have joined us recently, and we just want to show our appreciation for the support. They keep the lights on over here, keep the podcast rolling. Uh, and they're the reason we got a tournament now, and it means a ton. First up, we have the Jump Masters tier, and we have the generous support of Amand, Franz, Freya, Gen XD, Jay Jameson, Jay Side, Paul D, Sammy Boy, Samuel, Toasty Main, and X Pooks. We then have the Masters tier supporters of Kyle, G, Jake, Jeffrey, JP, Matthew, Mikhail, Paul B, Ryan, and Steven. And then the Predators, Corey Dez, Golden Reacher, King Crail, Michael, Sir Campsalat, Shade and Spicy the Chef. Our newest dropship captain to join the team as well, Luke. Thank you so much for your support. And finally, a supporter who has made his own tier uh, based <laughs> off his generosity. Big shout out to 10 in the 10 tier. Uh, Killer. So 
pretty awesome. Thanks to all the patrons as well. Um, this is just a nice little benefit we'd like to do to highlight all of your amazing support. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and you make this show possible. Couldn't be here without you. You guys truly do mean a lot. But let's dive into the episode today and talk about legends by design. Something we've kind of been, uh, something that we talk about on behind the scenes quite a lot that hasn't made its way onto the main show yet. So I'm excited that we're finally kind of given it. Maybe it's time to shine. For sure. I mean, we often discuss legends and their abilities. This season in particular, we've doubled down on our episodes focusing around legends. We've had the most mastering of the legends. We've remastered legends. We've done slept on legends, passive tacticals versus ultimates. We just went hard on the legend talk. However, there's one thing about the legends that we would just love to discuss on the show, and that is their design. Now, design is a broad concept. But for today, we'll be referring to some of our favorite legends based off of their character design, as well as the creativity of their abilities. This is not to say that a stim or a combat revive are not awesome abilities, but they are a bit more expected in some way in a hero shooter like Apex. That being said, the implementation of all the legends is massively impressive in a battle royale format. Five years ago, when PUBG and Fortnite were the majority of the Battle Royale IP, if you were to predict that we would have a Battle Royale with some players grappling and others having free gas traps, you'd be laughed away. Like The balancing of these abilities in Apex is staggering. It it is truly hilarious. We talk about all the time. Somehow, we have invincibility in this game, and it is not the single most broken thing to ever touch a shooter like there's things that we think are better and there's things that just absolutely dominate it It comes with strengths and weaknesses it's absolutely fantastic they did such a great job upon release of some of these legends with the balancing and since then they've done so much to introduce legends and really you know rework people if need be and take the steps to make sure the healer is measured up and and to an extent with the person that can grapple across the map which is just so weird when you think it's about it in that nuts. construct. It's absolutely nuts for sure. It's nuts. The fact that you're choosing between them and they're fighting it against each other mm-hmm. and somehow you have a pretty fun game that works is really impressive. So that's <laughs> kind of just an overview. If you're not if your legend is not, you know, spoken about today, yes. mm-hmm. You know, we just want to make it clear that really everybody is impressive. But today we want to talk about some of the unique character designs and also kind of ability designs. Mm -hmm. And and that's also why we've never ranked the legends as well to throw in here at the end is this concept at its core. Because putting a recon legend against someone that has invincibility is just such a tough thing to do. Like it doesn't, it matters the situation, it matters your play style. We can't just go out here and tell you one's better than the other without a doubt in our mind. And so this is a great opportunity to talk about some of the legends that I don't think we get to talk about a whole ton in general. Yeah. And so we got six on the list today. Mm -hmm. And the first one is Bloodhound. The only original legend on our list today, um, Bloodhound just 
must be recognized based off of how intentional their character and legend design is. Not only does Bloodhound have a mysterious voice and mask, but their personality matches this visual perfectly. I don't think there is another character in Apex that has captured the player's feeling of being a badass. It's just unrivaled uh, feeling of bathing in the blue, using Bloodhound's ultimate mm-hmm. uh, while sporting one of the greatest heirlooms in the game with stellar legend design. It just all ties Bloodhound up to be a masterpiece in terms of actual character design. Mm-hmm. An early favorite, Bloodhound was the first legend I played because I opened Apex Legends and I thought, oh man, that one looks the coolest, without a doubt. I don't yeah. know what any of these characters do, but Bloodhound was my first game, my first win, and truly my first main based off of design. And that's something I'll always hold near and dear to my heart. And for all the reasons you mentioned, they killed it with Bloodhound and continue to do so when they introduced the heirlooms and all the other skins and stuff. Yeah, Bloodhound's also, you know, the oldest legend in the game, you know, from a design standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, initially slated to be a, a sequel character to Titanfall 2, mm-hmm. early brought into the Apex roster, which is something that we really get excited about. Um, but outside of just the artistic design of Bloodhound, it also has to be highlighted that the abilities are pretty dang cool from a design perspective. Number one, the tactical. Mm-hmm. The scan and how it visually looks to the team and to Bloodhound themselves is super unique, I think. I mm-hmm. think that it looks cool, but the bigger one, I think, that is just cool from a design standpoint is the ultimate and having the black and white vision with the red predator Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, outlines and highlights of enemies. I think that's really cool. I think that really reinforces uh, that feeling of playing Bloodhound and just how unique playing this legend really is. The design of the ultimate is everything in terms of making this character one of the most fun to play. And we've said this is the most fun ultimate in the game because when you bathe in the bluff, there's nothing else like it. FOV change, color change, speed boost, like it is crazy. In terms of game design as well, when you look at a legend like this, talk about that scan in terms of a design level from the look. But we also have a character when at its core has introduced wall hacks into a game and it is not broken. And in terms of, you know, I think a lot of people get frustrated by the wall hacks and there's a quote unquote wall hack meta always in discussion at Respawn. But this legend's been in the game for such a long time and it really hasn't ever felt truly, truly oppressive, except for maybe like a, a little stint in a season or two where he was uh, or they were uh, overly dominant in a way. Yeah. And I think that's just something that we have to commend that you can have a scan based legend mm-hmm. whose ultimate we've said in the past is mostly defined by the fact that you have a shorter cooldown on the tactical yeah you know the 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 look and the feel of the ultimate is really fun and awesome but it's the scans that give you so much value Mm -hmm. to yourself and your team and just the fact that it can be in the game and it's useful but not oppressive is a major achievement 
Yeah, it's truly groundbreaking. Like it doesn't make a ton of sense when you look at things yeah. in the in the grand scheme of like an overall battle royale. It doesn't make sense, but it works. Also crazy to see. Like I think there was fear with this legend as well. It was introduced at a very weak state in terms of balance and design, and had to get changed to be in the place it is now. And so there's. Like to me, that signifies there is so much thought put into the character design and stuff of like, we're going to give someone a person that can see through walls. We got to crank this dial to like, if you're on a scale of one to 10, this thing's got to be like a one or two to start before we see like what things actually turn into. Yeah. Let's get into the second character though of today and talk about Ash, the latest addition to Apex Legends. Ash is far different from Bloodhound when we talk about design. The thing about Ash that we want to highlight is the incredibly unique character design and subsequent hitbox. No one has complained about Ash's hitbox being difficult to hit or quote unquote strong due to her incredibly large hips and lower torso. However, she has incredibly iconic thin legs modeled after prosthetic running legs. Not only is Ash this long-awaited character from Titanfall 2 who has a ton of lore packed into her identity, but she entered the game with her mask inspired by porcelain death masks, which in various cultures come from the casting of a deceased person's face, which is said to be her own before she became a simulacrum, or as we like to say, got simulacrumed. I love that word. On top of just an overall great backstory, mask and character model she was paired with a nameless rat who she trains and controls just as easily as she dominates the humans she slays in the arenas ash is such a wonderful character who has so much mystery in her past and future to be revealed but let's talk a little bit about the abilities as well with ash the phrase breach sword ultimate is potentially the coolest ultimate if not in general ability activation in the game I thought it was cool when you pulled out a staff as Loba. Um, try a huge sword that we've seen slice flyers in half. Like, come on now. We're talking crazy design at this point. It's really, really cool. I have mm-hmm. to say. Um, yeah, I, there's nothing like it uh, from a design standpoint in the game, uh, especially that you can walk around with the sword out pretty yeah. much. And the fact that um, from a, uh, third person perspective or as a teammate or an enemy one of ash's melee uh animations in rotation is using her sword (laughs) so it's just layers and layers of actually having the sword built into the game visually but not necessarily having a melee impact or being a functional sword in the Mm -hmm. traditional sense so i i think it's so so cool there's nothing like it i would agree with you in that is the coolest ultimate activation in the game maybe even ability um and yeah just gotta shout out the the phase breach sword it it is also just i want to circle back and talk about the hitbox a little bit because it is crazy to me that when we got devs talking to us about oh man we regret so much putting a gibraltar and caustic hitbox into the game like it really changed things how we could balance and we've had wraith caught a wraith watson and lifeline hitbox nerfs and changes and buffs be balancing decisions that we're going to introduce someone with such a unique you know hitbox and like we were saying it hasn't been 
a huge point of contention, which is just crazy when we talk about these other legends as examples being so incredibly influenced by the design of hitboxes and actually seeing a change in pick rate because of it. It's wild that I think that her hitbox is not talked about more in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and there wasn't even a a fury when uh, no. she was released. People weren't really talking about it. We immediately picked up on that as a really crazy design choice um just because like from a side view or a profile view she has no legs like her <laughs> legs are not there they're so so thin and in the past you know we've had so many trials and tribulations with pathfinder and revenant having similar issues mm-hmm. of kind of what wh- where their legs are at and how that uh, impacts their hitbox but you have to call it a win just mm-hmm. because it hasn't you know, caused a lot of problems. Ash was in a pretty great spot in terms of popularity. Um, and yeah, I think it's a design win. Yeah. I hope we have people listening to us saying it doesn't even matter. I just aim for the head, any character like who cares? Just give me, give me a couple headshots. It's over. <laughs> and I would have to agree with you. You know, that's how I play. I uh, just aim at the head. That's just it. Snap to the head. It's over. It is over. I Let's would. talk maybe about this. Maybe if I had a mouse and key. Maybe, maybe. maybe but. Uh, man, let's keep it rolling. Let's talk about the next one. This is such an exciting one to talk about and the one that I know is a absolute passion of yours at this point in the game. Next legend, Rampart. And Rampart is on this list purely because I'm biased. <laughs> no. Rampart <laughs> is on this list because of the miracle of Sheila. Truly a miracle. It really is. Rampart introduced an ability that I not only was extremely nervous about, but I was so skeptical of its fit into Apex Legends, I questioned if I would even use it. Why Mm -hmm. would I use an ability to use a weapon that is it as good as my G7? Is it as good as an R301? Why would I opt to use an ability-based weapon when I have a great weapon that I know and love and is reliable. Big question. And Rampart's kit, you know, provides some sort of answer to that. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, I play Gibraltar, Loba, Rampart, and then Fuse if I'm messing around solo. And Rampart's Sheila somehow embodies both something hardly anyone uses, but is also seen as a cheap way to get kills. It's hilarious. <laughs> so if you believe that Sheila is overpowered, number one, you are correct. Number mm-hmm. two, you should play Rampart legitimately. This is something that is a very fun, powerful ability to use. Now, of course, using Sheila can be challenging with the spin-up time, long reload, general b- bullet spread is kind of insane. However, it's mobility, cooldown, damage per second, magazine size, optic, and general fact that it is a free weapon with the fastest time to kill in the game makes it worth trying at the least. (laughs) On top of being an awesome ability that probably still doesn't belong in the game with such awesome weapons and movement, it works and is such a fun design. Sheila, on another note, has unique inspects just like any other weapon if you didn't know plus sheila has the faster reload animation Mm -hmm. with rampart but also 
a different display panel graphic rotation when Rampart is using it compared to other legends. And now some of those inspects with Rampart using Sheila are really, really cool. One of them is with Rampart using bubblegum uh, to attach a yeah. sticker onto Sheila. Really, really cool. That's what I love. And this episode's all about design. You know, mm -hmm. no other legend has an heirloom level inspect of one of their base abilities. There's nothing mm -hmm. like this. And even, you know, Ash's ultimate as a sword uh, is very cool, but you don't have these kind of inspects, which yep. I think is just so, so unique and is such a cool design choice mm -hmm. that just no other legend really has. And she does. Yeah. Talking about game design a little bit more with Rampart, Sheila is so fascinating because, like you said, so powerful. Recommend trying out Rampart. But at the same time, there is somehow a portable turret. So no longer is it, do we have the counter argument of, oh, but you're stuck in one place. You know, like that's kind of the con. Like you have a portable turret. And somehow, despite that, Rampart isn't broken like she doesn't have this obscene win rate she doesn't have an obscene pick rate like somehow despite having one of the craziest abilities in the game and just conceptually like you said introduce a gun with the fastest time to kill for free just by picking a certain legend in a gun-based game she's still not overpowered and that's incredible because i think that speaks to how game design comes down to so much more than just one thing in terms of powerful time to kill there's mobility involved there's strate strategy involved there's recon involved there's so much when it comes down to winning at its core that despite this so super powerful thing it's not the single like it she's not causing the game to be so incredibly broken which if you just told me a legend was coming into the game with this ability and i had no prior knowledge of rampart i would have said oh shoot the game's going to be broken. Like Sheila's yeah. going to dominate everything and it's not even close. We didn't know what they were thinking yeah. when there were leaks so and rumors crazy. and release. Mm -hmm. We were just like, wow, like I get it that maybe you could use this turret to control choke points, but how is it going to be fair and how are you going to encourage me to use this over mm -hmm. any of the other weapons? And I think that's why Rampart struggles to gain popularity is that People just love their weapons so much. Yeah, um, totally. But Sheila is a marvel of design, definitely worth the shot, and has mm -hmm. to be recognized. Before we get into the rest of these legends, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's dive into another fun one and talk about Seer. So Seer is the most artistic and flamboyant legend we have in the games. Certainly a suave killer version of little Nas X, which is just so fun when you look at the design of him at its core. It's difficult to discuss legends design and not mention the guy that's rocking around in a crop top and huge Cad Bane style fedora who has micro drones controlled by his fingertips that turn into the shape of animals and lotuses and it's wild. But the reason that Seer is on this list is because of the stellar composition of all three of his recon abilities. Recon is a difficult thing to build in terms of an interface in game because it has to provide value that rivals the defensive, offensive, and mobility legends without overwhelming or blinding characters and players. 
it's a true challenge to balance valuable intel and on-screen clutter. It's such a push and pull in terms of what do you give versus what do you give up. Sears Passive, Tactical, and Ultimate all provide recon data and not only fit together perfectly, but the design of the rhombus triangle and sharp angles from the shape of his drones to the style of his ultimate exhibit are just awesome. And he's such an interesting case, like absolutely so cool to look at in this kind of form of design as a bubble. Yeah. Uh, you know, Seer isn't a designer, you know, he mm-hmm. claims to be some sort of artist, but I think the synergy of the aesthetic of each of the three abilities is mm-hmm. very impressive just because from the icons, the actual visualization in game on the HUD all just work together and match super, super well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, thinking about abilities, it, it's incredible that you could have a passive tactical and ultimate that are all designed around recon, mm-hmm. but it works. You know, like we were, when Seer was revealed, we were like, man, that's tough because you're competing with Valk and yep. she has recon and can fly. You're also mm-hmm. competing against Bloodhound who has the increased mobility and kind of has that aggression. It's easy as well. Like, And easy. it's super, super easy. If you mm-hmm. were to put recon into all three elements of a Legends kit, is that going to be fun? Is that mm-hmm. going to be powerful? How is that not going to just be uh, maybe a repeat of crypto? I, yeah. I, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Um, you're kind of forcing yourself into uh, a box of we have to be so good at this that it's going to make up for choosing any other legend. Hard, mm-hmm. hard to do. But I honestly think that Seer was a really good execution of that. And mm-hmm. Despite the current state of Seer, I think that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about design, Seer certainly has to be mentioned. Yeah, I mean, talking about game design like you are, he is such an interesting case. I talked about the push and pull, and I feel like we truly saw it in action with Seer in front of our very own eyes. It wasn't something they sorted out behind the scenes before releasing. We saw a champ come in and have. The abilities combined into this way, shape, or form with the flashbang and all this kind of stuff that was slightly too oppressive. And then we got the pull, and now we're in the state of seer that we are right now, where a bit underwhelming. And then there's this weird, like, oh, but you backtrack some of it to closer to the OG state, and still it's not getting back to the oppressiveness that it was at the beginning in a way. Like, he's such an interesting case study when you just look at game design balancing as a whole and i feel like whatever they do next with him is going to be really telling on how they think about legends in terms of where do they want him to go how powerful can recon be how powerful can a like you were kind of mentioning three abilities centered around recon how powerful can they make that without it being just too frustrating for yeah. both sides of the argument yeah next legend we have views crazy one Fuse is the impossible legend who is. An explosive enthusiast is far more difficult to balance than even a toxic gas or a flying missile-wielding legend. The fact that Fuse is currently in the game and rivals the popularity of Gibraltar and Mirage 
is incredible. Now, the reason that I dabble in my Fuse play is because his entire kit is geared towards dealing damage. Mm-hmm. That makes for quite a fun legend in getting those damage badges, playing solo, adding a ton of pressure to an engagement. Plus, Fuse's proclivity to use abilities at long range makes him a wonderful legend at approaching and engaging third parties just by quickly activating his abilities onto two teams while making the approach. Mm -hmm. Now, Fuse doesn't have the most elegant or innovative character design, but I think anyone would admit that a legend whose MO is to explode things, being in Apex, in such a balanced state, which he currently is, Mm -hmm. is remarkable. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the ultimate again. And we mentioned it in our underrated or slept on legends episode, as well as talked about it in our tacticals versus ultimates episode. But the mother load is the fastest cooldown area of effect ultimate in the game. And not only can it easily do at least 35 damage to at least a single enemy, but it is the only area of effect ultimate that provides intel to the entire team. A very unique and powerful design, all things considered. Meant slight tangent, but have you seen the? Uh, I don't know if it's a feature or a bug yeah. of the shoot the grenade up and then shoot the fuse ult into it and get the incredibly wide ring that is just going to provide immense recon. Have you seen that? I have seen it. I haven't had the chance to try it yet. It's um, interesting. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's going to be patched or if that's going to be a feature. Obviously, you gotta combine two abilities to get the feature and it's not going to always be useful but it is such an interesting one that's i love that people find that kind of stuff in the game i love that someone was just playing around and was like you know it would be a cool idea i shoot my knuckle cluster sky high and then i hit it with my mother load <laughs> yeah and it's taken like a year yeah to exactly it. it's very odd i want to try it myself but circling back on what we were saying i i want to emphasize how incredible this that fuses in the game Fuse is probably the only legend that upon leaks and rumors, Henry and I were immensely scared of what it meant for Apex. We were always worried about rocket launchers, that kind of stuff coming into Apex, like explosives, one shot kill. That's kind of the equation. And how are you going to introduce something that is explosives and isn't just going to murder everything, but also just be underwhelming? And yeah, I mean, you were even more so on it than I was about just being super scared about Fuse being introduced, but they, I think, really have found such a healthy and cool spot for him. We both enjoy playing him a ton right now, and it is cool that this is another case, like a legend whose entire kit is built to deal damage can somehow not be better than legends whose kits have zero desire to deal damage when the end goal is to deal damage and kill people in apex legends like that's an incredible feat in of itself it's really really cool and i think fuse is a really fun powerful legend um, that i'm glad is in the game i think that Mm -hmm. he actually works which boggles my mind and the other thing is we spoke with the lead game designer at the time following the release of fuse And they told us, like, man, there's nothing we can do about Fuse. It was a disaster from the very beginning. 
obviously this doesn't fit into apex you, mm-hmm. it's so hard to balance something that does damage and explodes um we don't really see a huge future for fuse but flash forward to today and mm-hmm. fuse is doing a lot better than expected better than subsequent legends that have released um most it's crazy see here yeah, yeah it's, it's very crazy. crazy it's truly crazy let's talk about another legend wrap up this episode crypto I don't know. We could call crypto either a design disaster or absolute masterpiece. And I think both perspectives are 100% justified. Entire kit locked behind a drone that if destroyed, leaves crypto without any abilities for at least 40 seconds. When crypto was released, I played them a ton. And I know you and I both talked about like, we kind of really like this design and character of a legend that somehow doesn't really need to play apex to be involved we were like oh cool so like if we have a buddy that really sucks at playing apex we can have him play crypto and just fly around in the drone and they'll provide some use it's so weird the passive tactical and ultimate all built into the single console removes crypto from gunplay healing and movement leaving him super vulnerable in br or arenas you know he's such an interesting case study from that perspective Going to be really interesting to see what this quote-unquote rework that's coming does to him in the future. How does it change his design? Do we get automated drone, something out of needing to actually be in there to have abilities? I think that's going to be quite telling on what they think the future and the success of crypto was. But this is a cool one. And I truly do on top of everything. I also love just his character design in general. He has some of my favorite skins in the game like this hacker that's just this super cool dude at the same time and he's kind of just this on the run beast he's was one of the first characters to really alter the apex maps in general and you know cause some chaos uh, he's had a great story in that way and yeah a great design and a weird character in terms of design which is something that we have to talk about today there is no other legend that is like crypto at all not even close i don't think there's going to be another legend any anything like crypto um the the weird thing is the future of crypto is so clouded because of his competition you know crypto crypto excels at getting the survey beacon mm-hmm. and you know with some master piloting you can do some great work with the emp in tandem with other ultimates and abilities really effective mm-hmm. but there's another recon legend that uses drones and mm-hmm. that's seer and so if you were to say things like we want crypto to have recon built directly into the hud so that he can walk around and get intel well mm-hmm. seer does that you know yeah. that's mm-hmm. already taken uh, or what if you were to say, oh, I just want to be able to hit my tactical and have the drone go out and get intel. You don't have to pilot it. Well, mm-hmm. Sierra does that with their tactical. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's close to Bloodhound also. So yeah, like <laughs> It's really tough when you try to automate or simplify the drone operation based off of what other legends we have in the game. So, you know, I think about the future of crypto and we'll probably talk about this in an upcoming episode. Um, but in a design like perspective, you're in a bind talking mm-hmm. about crypto. The drone is crypto. Crypto is the drone. So how do you 
magnify that ability without making mm-hmm. it oppressive and making it simple to use because Apex is a hard game and you start getting crazy with abilities and mm-hmm. it's hard to tell, okay, what all can the drone do? The drone can do everything. What exactly do I want it mm-hmm. to do? Um, is a lot of questions to ask the player. So focusing in, making the important things powerful and easy is critical because everything is the drone for crypto. He's so hard. So it's a weird legend to design for every reason that you just said. And I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. Like, does he get a gun on his turret and then you get to on his drone and then you get to put a stationary turret out there? Because now that, you know, Sheila's yeah. more mobile, maybe there's a reason that you can do something along those lines. And maybe it's not going to break the game at the same time. But does giving four gunfire versus three, does that break the game? Like if you go in terms of automation, very well could. And I think you hit the nail on the head as well. How do you not make it oppressive? Because we've seen the oppressive crypto method and how frustrating it was for a lot of high level players when the entire end game is EMP, 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 nobody can move and just a high level of frustration. So I'm so fascinated. I believe the same person that did the lifeline rework. No, the same person did the Watson rework, I believe is working on the crypto rework right now. Um, So props to them hopefully they get something cool done uh best of luck this would be the one if uh we worked over at respawn i don't know what i would come up with i would need some serious hours to uh lock it in so i'm not i'm not in a rush to get the crypto rework take your time because i'm lost as they are you know yeah it's a tough one really tough but that's gonna wrap up the episode let's Kind of some concluding thoughts here when we're talking about game design. I think it's been a fun conversation, a little bit different than what I think people are used to listening to here, Um, but hopefully you liked it. I think it was really fun. Uh, This is kind of the stuff that I think people really got to listen into. What does a conversation between Henry and Shay sound like, you know, when they're off the mic and just kind of talking about game design in general? Uh, This is pretty close to those kind of dinner table conversations we've had in the past. Yeah, I mean... The design of all the legends, like we said at the top, is something that we really enjoy and think is interesting. There's so many honorable mentions that we can go through. Um, you know, Valk almost made this list. Mm-hmm. Mirage almost makes every list. Um, <laughs> Gibby. Like, Gibby is a mm-hmm. wonderful legend, of course. Pathfinder, <laughs> though, yeah, is one that, you know, abilities-wise, pretty simple, pretty uh, expected, but the actual like profile of pathfinder yeah. pathfinders chest plate having the emotion panels like the face is really really cool and i don't maybe everybody's picked up on this but if you haven't this could blow your mind the <laughs> fact that when you are loading into a game and you click into the playlist and you, you know it's searching for players the loading icon is pathfinder's face Yep. You know, and I just think that tying everything in that the apex design is so well packaged and mm-hmm. I love it. I think there's a lot of cool things about the game that go un unrecognized and I'm happy that we were able to recognize them today. Yeah. The design and the aesthetic are truly what has kept us around for the last two years. And, you know, sometimes the passion for playing the game wanes and goes, but when you have something as foundationally amazing in terms of artwork and design and then balanced gameplay as Apex, it's hard to have things compete 
and to not ever come back, which we talk about all the time with people when they say, hey, you're sick of Apex. And we say, hey, go play something else for two weeks and you'll be right back here in Apex Legends hands yep. because yep. nothing else compares. So it's truly, truly one of the best BRs, probably the best BR ever, truly because of the design. And I'm really excited that we got to talk about it today. But thank you to our producer, The Third Party, 10, as well as our dropship captain, Luke, who support us over on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify. Check out our Discord. We have the link in the description. Thanks so much for listening to The Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.